Okay, hi guys, and welcome to another episode of On Purpose. I'm Dr. John Duffy, and with me, as always, is uh, Heidi Stevens from the Chicago Tribune. Hi, Heidi, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Good, this is fun. We're back for, I don't know, week, what, five, six? Five, six, seven, seven somewhere, somewhere right in, in there. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks to you guys for listening. Yeah. Is, yeah, we, um, we are going to start, I'm hoping, today with some highlights from the Zen Parenting Conference, which you got to go to last I weekend, did. and kind of... Um, rub elbows with, right, Abby Wambach and Glennon Doyle and all the greats? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Um, so so um, the Zen Parenting Conference takes place here in Lombard. Um, it's four years old. It's put together by Todd and Kathy Adams, who are the hosts of Zen Parenting Radio, a great parenting podcast that yep. I love. Me too. Um, these are wonderful people, and it takes good people, I think, to put something this nice and warm together. My wife and I were talking about how unusual an event this is because they're not selling anything. Mm -hmm. they're, uh, the whole thing is about like supporting each other, learning from each other, sharing stories. So it usually I hate hotel conference rooms like yeah. with a passion because yep. I know something horrible is happening yeah. in there. <laughs> <laughs> You're stuck. <laughs> right. The food's bad. Right. And it's just a, get, your, get your checkbook out for something and the, right. Right, and the food's bad. And um, you don't necessarily, you're not with peers. This yep. is everybody wants to be there. That's a, mm -hmm. It's a really unusual event. So on Friday night, this past Friday night, um, Todd and Kathy hosted a panel with myself and um, Dr. Alexandra Solomon from the Family Institute up at Northwestern. Mm -hmm. It is such a privilege just to hang out on the stage with them for a while and just talk to the audience. And they're, they ask great, thoughtful questions, and you see a lot of nodding going on. So that's super fun. So Saturday morning, though, was the good stuff. Yeah. Um, so Glennon Doyle and Abby Wambach were there, and it was – you mentioned at one point in one of your columns that seeing Oprah and Michelle together was like ha, ha, kind of your Super Bowl moment. Yeah, totally. Um, so I, I um, Springsteen's my guy. Uh huh. This was Springsteen esque, like wow. it, more more than I thought it would be. Wow. And it was it was super exciting just to see the two of them and and um, and Glennon's kind of um, <laughs> she's one of the funniest people, sharpest, funniest quickest witted people I've ever seen. And then Abby is just this incredibly cool and also very funny, yeah. right on it presence. But there's something about her. Julie and I were both kind of in awe of Abby. And, yeah. you know, and, and, and I didn't know I would be keenly aware. This woman is the best at something right you know, like, yeah <laughs> abby's the best soccer player yep. i've ever been in a room with yep and i couldn't get it out of my head like i was kind of like stuck on it and um last week i had looked at a bunch of images of her scoring goals and the way she would do it, she's just so cool and and she had this thing she would do can i describe this sure, briefly? yeah so she would um what she wanted was for a defender to come up close to her. Okay. And then she would do this thing. She could drop on her back, and she had enough leg strength where she could then kick the ball from from a dropping position wow. into the goal. And so if the, if the uh, defender is close to her, she knew she could elude that defender, and she knew she was stronger. Wow. And, um, and she feels that way. Yeah. She feels like, in, in a way, you're kind of like you – 
she doesn't seem three dimensional. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doesn't seem like a real person. It's like I don't superhuman. Know. Yes. So if anybody blew me away, it was Abby. Abby, yeah. Abby. I you know, Glennon. I I read um, Love Warrior, and I remember getting that book and despite myself because I hated the title. I don't mm-hmm. know why it, it seemed kind of cheesy to me. Mm-hmm. And it's the best memoir I've ever read. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And she was really funny about it, self-deprecating, because she said, and it was about me saving my marriage, which, of course, failed right, right immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, between the time she finished writing it and the time it hit the shelves, it's like, and I'm not married to that guy anymore, right. who I just wrote a book about saving my marriage to. So great. So but, great. you know, it worked. It was honest. Yeah. So what did they talk about? I mean, did they give you or the audience, like tips or pointers or life goals or what it turns out they did they had these really poignant parenting stories and co-parenting stories so craig is uh, um glennon's ex right and he lives like next door or behind them or something okay which would be terrible i'm sorry but Uh, i guess for them it works right it seems (laughs) it seems like it would be terrible um, but they all seem to like each other. Okay. Um, there was this bit where Glenn, Glennon talked about how, you know, like Craig fell in love, which is great, but she was kind of like being sarcastic. Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. She said at one point, this woman was braiding my daughter's hair and I wanted to stab her in the uh-huh. throat. You know? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So she's honest about yes, it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So they okay. were super honest. So they were just talking about kind of navigating this co-parenting thing. And um, the, one of the coolest moments First of all, they were both talking about their their children. So in a way, I'm thinking, I'm picturing these three kids having these four parents, right? Yeah. These four people who love them and care about them in this really organic way. Yeah. And having worked with blended families that are complicated, I I so honor the way they handle that because it's it's organic and easy the way they talk about their kids. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah, that's great. Without taking anything away from dad and you know and and uh, the potential I think soon to be stepmom. Yep. So these kids are just surrounded by love and there's no they they work really really hard as adults to keep the conflict elsewhere. That's lovely, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and um, and Abby told a story. Um, I don't remember the specifics of it, but she specifically said she screwed up terribly with one of their daughters. Okay. Like, you know, um, and so she and Glennon are in bed that night and she's talking about how, you know, how terrible she feels about this big mistake she made. And, um, and, and Glennon was kind of like, oh, damn, you know, like, I, I'm not sure what to do about that. And why don't, what if you just told her, you know, you were sorry. And, um, and Abby's like, yeah. Okay. And so the next morning she sits sits her daughter down. She goes, Hey, listen, that thing that happened yesterday, I'm really sorry. That's so on me. Mm-hmm. So can we reset and are we good? And um and her and her daughter was like, Yep, we're good. You know, and she yeah. kind of bounded off and and uh, and she realized how important that was for her. Yeah. That Abby needed she needed to get that off her chest in order to move forward as a mom. Yeah. You know, it was really cool. So yeah. so they were saying, you know, Oh, we're we're screwing up all the time. This is a really messed up, messy, complicated situation. But we say we're sorry all the time too. Yeah, like, you know that's on me. Sorry about that. Yeah, and yeah. what a great model for kids to go through their entire life with because we're all screwing up all the time. Exactly. And if you run and hide from it and try to pretend it didn't happen, I mean that's not any good. And exactly. If, yeah, that's great. And the other the other big takeaway was. It seemed like they balanced any heaviness that the kids had to carry around about the divorce and the remarriage and 
the it's whole very thing. public nature of it all. Oh, and, and that he had cheated was public. It's in her book. And right. The kids are aware of this, you know. Um, so they're incredibly open and all very playful. And they decided um, to create a scene, scene at home effectively where um, all, any parent could be in the house at any time. Okay. And that was okay. I was kind of wondering as they were talking, I wonder if that's confusing for the kids. But there's something about the way... They bring humor and lightness into their relationships. Mm -hmm. um, and it could, like, you know, Abby would say, well, it might be like that the parents at home are like me and Craig, mm -hmm. like the two exes, uh, you know, and the kids are still like, you know, oh, hey. Yeah. You know, like, so they've made it ordinary for yep. them in a way that sounds pretty cool. Um, I don't know that every family can do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that, I think that that's usually more complicated, more difficult, and there's more strife yeah you know but i think it's a good model that you could lay on top of whatever your family's stuff is so maybe it's not divorce and living in front of or behind or next to your ex but maybe it's that you know your sister lives with you for a while because she's out of work or maybe it's right. that your grandma lives with you for a while because she's sick and you're helping take care of her or maybe it's that you know you guys lost your job and you move in with another family like maybe there are ways that you're set up at home isn't super traditional Definitely. and if you normalize it and talk it through enough and you know admit the stuff that's not working and talk about the stuff that's not working and apologize and ask questions and talk about it maybe like maybe that's the takeaway and i, and I think you, you're, you're hitting on something like i think part of it is just talking it through enough yeah and um you know i i will cop to and i did out loud at the conference cop to overusing the word available but if you make it clear that you know hey listen you know anytime you want to talk about any of this stuff yeah you can do that with grab me. any of it. You grab me. Yeah. 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 And we're and we're good. You grab know, like, dad. Grab Abby. And we'll work it out. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm curious if there were many guys there, <laughs> not just as speakers, because they did a pretty good job, I thought, diversifying the speakers. Um, but like in the audience, were there yeah. dudes? There, there, well, even with speakers, there were far more women than men. Yeah. Um, somehow, I don't know why. Maybe it's what's going on culturally this year that felt appropriate to me so to have to guys have, speaking to have women speaking oh more so women. way okay. way more women so devra heitner spoke yeah and, and julie lithcott hames spoke um and there was oh i wish i i will i will um when we post the podcast i'll post the name of this of this man who um lives in the inner city jamal he, cole Thank you so yeah. much. There you go. Yeah. Jamal Cole <laughs> was there, and he was astonishing. Yeah. I mean, he he is a presence and a force. And my he, block, my hood, my city founder. Yes. Yeah. And he made he just, um, in in the most elegant way, made us all feel so small. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> just because it's like, oh yeah, let's talk about you know like um, yeah, how to make our kids a little more comfortable, right. or less anxious. <laughs> and he's like, you know. I'm taking kids downtown who've lived in Chicago at, for the first time when they're 16 years old right. to see how people can live when they're not hearing cut gunshots. And we're like, okay, we'll hold also, off on the also anxiety. Also important. <laughs> also important. Okay, right. fine. It's a fair point, Jamal. Like, thank you. <laughs> Glad you're here. <laughs> I will yeah. admit that I've never felt so sanitized and white and yeah. lame in my, <laughs> in my life. That's so, an important experience that you just had, John. Yes, it was. It was. It was a deeply humbling experience. So Jamal was, was um, he's the, he blew me away. He was yeah. amazing. Yeah, um, he is an amazing guy. Yeah, he's really cool. He's really funny and, um, and poignant. Like his work is 
unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So um, mostly female speakers, a few guys, and then in the audience were there like equal moms and dads, <laughs> like guys who came with their pals, or was it mostly like girls stay out? No, it was it was uh it was not mostly guys. I mean, I know I, I know the answer. <laughs> I know you know. Um, you you've spoken. I mean, almost any time you're speaking on parenting, mm-hmm. you are. To, in, in my experience, it's usually ninety five percent female mm-hmm. this had a little more balance to it in part because todd runs a men's group called okay. the tribe the okay. tribe men's group so cool. all the tribe members were there and helping out but the other i talked to about four or five guys who were there and i was asking them because i'm always curious about this like why don't men come to this stuff yeah well and the same thing happens in my office men don't dads don't bring kids to therapy moms always Always. Wow. Always. I can yeah. think of like four or five examples in 20 years. Wow. And um, and so I asked a couple of guys, you know, so what are you what are you doing here? You know, like, how did you decide to come? You can see there's no guys here. They're, you know, they're the ratio is skewed wildly. And more often there were a couple of guys who said, you know, oh, I wanted to see, you know, I wanted to see a couple of these speakers or, mm-hmm. you know, like I've been here before and I really like Todd or whatever. Um, but um, by and large, it was kind of like, well. My wife really wanted me to come and check this out, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so there, there's something in there that is deeply disturbing to me, to be honest. Well, I'll tell you my first thought about it. And, and I don't I'm not asking that question at all to poke fun at guys or, or criticize guys. I I think of days like that as like a really cool um, opportunity to hang out with some girlfriends yeah. or some of the, you know, parents of your kids' friends or, you know, it, it's a social opportunity as much as it For is sure. a learning opportunity, right? Like oh, you're going to yeah. go and, and learn how to be a better human and a better parent, but you're also going to spend the day with your pals. Yeah. And I do think that um, my impression is there are just a whole bunch more opportunities like that for women than there are for guys or 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 women take advantage of them far more frequently than guys and it makes me think more broadly about male friendships and how they're sort of outside of like sporting events and you know not all guys like sport I'm married to a guy who could not care less (laughs) about sports could not care less I was raised around my dad never watched sports my brother's not I mean that is not like the male experience right sports we sort of make it out to be that in this culture but it's not right um but outside of like you know going to watch the Blackhawks like I I do wonder if you know if it's a little hard to be an adult guy and like launch and sustain friendships harder than it is for an adult woman I don't know I'm not one I'm not a guy but it, it, it sure seems that way to me I mean so often I'm out at things Michelle and Oprah, as you mentioned, this conference you're talking about this weekend, like things like that that are a little self-help, but really actually quite a bit of fun. And and there's no guys. And I'm like, man, you know, where do the guys hang out right. together? Um, <laughs> I, and I think you bring up a really good point um, because I don't I think once you reach adulthood and parenthood, um, I, I think guys kind of lose a big part. We lose a big part of our social lives. And um there's a lot of things that happen with guys, but part of it is that a deep connection um, with other guys, and that 
kind of carries you through college, I think. Mm -hmm. Maybe even the first couple years of working if you work at a a company. But eventually, somehow, guys do not nearly as good a job as women in keeping in touch with each other. I I literally, as we're talking, um, one of my best, my very best friend um, from childhood, it's his birthday today. And so there's a thread that somebody started a year ago um, wishing guys each other um, happy birthday, guys from college. Mm. Um, but that's that's the end of it. You know yeah. what I mean? We don't get together. We don't plan a weekend. Um, yeah. Whereas, like, um, my wife, Julie, her she and her friends from high school get together probably on average once a year or two. Her friends from college do the same thing. Yeah. Um, I, I do that far less frequently. My friends do that far less frequently. Yeah. Um, and Does it make you a little sad or does it feel like this is just the norm or does it feel like there's a little bit of a friendship deficit although you talk a lot about I mean I think you my impression is that you have a lot of friends and and you frequently say my good friend so-and-so or a friend of mine so-and-so I don't feel like you're lacking friends but in general do you think that you know there's a a richness that friendships bring to someone's life that women are getting the advantage of a little bit more than men oh yeah yeah Yeah. I I think I think we men are losing all of that, you know, mm. like all, all of that close connection. I think we um, th- there's more depression, I think, that we're suffering, more anxiety that we're suffering in large part because we're disconnected. Um, yeah. And so what a lot of guys that I know end up doing is they'll go to a bar um, on a Friday night with a few guys and drink and laugh. Not at anything in particular necessarily, or they'll go to the Blackhawks game. Yeah. But um in terms of like depth of connection, um, I think we miss it. I think we, and I think in, in an odd way, I think it's part of the reason that we enjoy life less. I think um, in midlife, women in the last 20 years have found this way to like support each other and um, uh, redefine their lives, like kind of uh, start new careers mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, and get into like you know um, mind, body, spirit things mm-hmm. that, that that guys I think kind of we we tend to stagnate, and you can see it. Um, I've written about this a couple times. A lot of the guys in my neighborhood carry a very heavy brow, like they seem mm. burdened. You yeah. know, I think they feel like they know the end of their story, and oh, I wow. I admire the women that I know because I and I'm usually draw like if I'm at a party, I'm probably talking to women more than men mm-hmm. because. Um, there's more interesting stuff going on yeah. in their lives, and, and it's more dynamic. Life I think feels a, less faded, yeah. sort of. And I think a lot of us guys feel like, eh, I work for the insurance company, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll vest out at, you know, 62, and then I'll decide what I'm going to do from there. You know, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. A little less power in it all. Yep. And, yeah, more it's happening to me. Yeah. That's so interesting. I, I read once, uh, I was writing a story about the health benefits of friendships, because there are quite a few. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, demonstrable, measurable you know, fewer heart attacks, you know, fewer strokes, all of it from length of life, literally length of life, literally. Exactly. And, and this, this research I read compared male and female friendships and said that male friendships tend to be based on, um, I don't think they use this word, but essentially transactions. Like, can I borrow your lawnmower? (laughs) Right. For for example, (laughs) 
Yeehaw. <laughs> and that's pretty much the conversation. Yeah, bro, like oil it before you return it or what. I actually right. don't know if you oil lawnmowers. You probably don't. But anyway, clean it, <laughs> clean it, clean it before you bring it back. And then female friendships are more like, you know, like, oh my God, I got my period and I feel terrible and I got my period yesterday. Okay, do you buy? And then you like suddenly you've your entire souls and health histories and what your child is going through and and then while you're talking what your mother's going through and then like an hour later you're like well I better mow my lawn yeah um and I mean is that something that is just like starts in childhood the way we're socialized is it what I mean yeah I by the I- time you're but the, by the time you're 42 you sort of relate to people a certain way or, or you don't it's yeah. it's got to be hard to suddenly be like okay i guess i'll talk about my soul right um <laughs> my wife does it seems to work great for her like it's gonna freak all my friends out who are used to talking about you know like patrick kane <laughs> <laughs> like is there a way we can prepare you know our kids to do to do this a little in a little bit more equitable way i think so um you know uh i don't think I used to think there was a deficit in the emotional IQ of guys and men. I don't think that actually is true. Oh, I don't think that's true at all. Right? I don't. Yeah. I, I, I think the deal is that we're not socialized to talk this way. Yeah. Um, I think I think col- this culture tries to pound it out of boys and men. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think it's not there. I just think they're told to bury it. Right. So I've been fortunate. You know, you mentioned that I talk about friends of mine. I don't have a whole bunch of really deep male friendships. But like we uh, we mentioned Todd Adams at the beginning, who is one of the hosts of the Zen Parenting Conference. Yeah, Todd is one of my unicorn friends. Um, I I like to hang out with guys where when I leave them, I hug them, I can look them in the eye and say, "I love you, brother." Yeah. You know, Todd Adams, he I would never leave that guy without saying that to him, and he would never I don't think walk away from me without saying that to me. Yeah. And. Um, and that means so much to me, and I think it means something to him. Uh, and it changes the nature of our adult male relationship because then somehow we give ourselves permission to talk about something deeper, you know. And the setup of our relationship allows for that so that we rarely talk about sports, even though we both enjoy sports, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yep. Um, but I don't think many relationships are like that, you yeah. know what I mean? An awful lot of us have very superficial relationships. You, you talk uh, when you bring up sports. For some reason, I'm, I think about my father. My father's been uh, gone twenty years. He loved hanging out with guys, um, and and he had this depth of relationship that I always admired. But he was a recovering alcoholic his whole life, my whole life. Mm. And I was born literally on his third anniversary. Wow! To the point where I was like, "Why does Dad get a cake?" You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> Like I did the thing. Right. I, did, I was the one Didn't who was born. I just get born? <laughs> but, <laughs> it was hard work. But we used to have these AA meetings at my house, and all these guys would come, and they'd all be hugging at the end of the night. And so I saw my dad in these really intimate settings with wow. men, and it was really cool to yeah. see, like, these guys, you know. Um, They've been I through some shit together. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know what they were. I thought they were smoking cigarettes because that's what they were doing that yeah. and drinking coffee, but they were really – connecting on a really deep level so he had these deep friendships so that was kind of modeled for me but but for most guys I think that's not the case I think I think what's modeled for them is the stoicism Mm -hmm. that really um, disconnects them from other men their 
wives, other people in mm-hmm. general. You know what I mean? I think uh, that we're supposed to – that idea of being strong suggests I'm good alone, you know, a yeah. lot of the time. So I think w- way too many of us spend way too much time alone or dissociated from other people, you yeah. know, and um, – it does, it does feel like it's portrayed as a weakness in – I almost think in America to need help, to admit that you need help, yeah. right? Whether it's, you know, somebody to help out with the housework or the childcare or, you know, a therapist to help you through the hearts. Like, I, I do think – we as Americans have a little bit of a hard time saying, like, I, I, I don't actually have this. I right. don't. I'm, I'm not good. <laughs> right. I need some help. Right. Like, bring it on. And, and I think the good news is, and, and I think that's true, especially for men. Yeah. We're I, really reluctant to say, you know, like, I really need help, especially emotionally. Yeah. Um, the good news is that, you know, I work, I know more. <laughs> somebody asked me the other day, this 16-year-old boy, he's like, do you know more guys my age than you do yours? <laughs> wow. And he actually Bold. nailed something because I was yeah. like, I think that's probably pretty close. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And he's for sure right. You know, yeah. so and, and that's a luxury because I get to see how young guys interact. And um, and this guy will have his friends from lacrosse drop him off at therapy wow. and he'll say, I'm going to therapy. Come back. Pick me up in an hour. OK, that's awesome. You know. Um, so I think th- I think that vibe is changing, and I think mm-hmm. we're giving our boys more and more permission. What I'd love to see, if uh, if anybody's looking for any advice out there, is for more dads to show up to more of this kind of thing, to mm-hmm. bring your kids to therapy if they need therapy, um, to uh, go to a parenting conference. Go to a parenting conference, man. Yeah. It's it's so fun, and you're and we for out out of in the name of stoicism and strength. We miss out, I think, on so much good stuff. I I told the story at the conference of this guy who said he thought he had won the parenting lottery. And this this is a true story. He said, you know, because my wife, she likes to do uh, the reading before the kids go to bed. She gives them the baths. She helps out with homework. I read the New York Times on my iPad. Ha! You know, yeah. like, I win. I win. And, I, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. You're not, you don't get anything then. You, you, all you get is the New York Times. Really? Right. You can do that 50 years from now. You know, yeah. like, you don't want to miss this, you know? Yeah. But I don't think we're trained to think that way. Right. Until, and then when it's gone, we're depressed. You right. know what I mean? And we're, and we're bummed out and we think like, okay, well, now what does life have to offer? What's the new thing? Yeah. And I think women are way more adept at thinking about what the new thing is and supporting each other in the new thing yeah. than men are. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. That's my impression. I'm afraid to um, project it like that because I, I don't go through life as, as a guy. I mean, I'm married to a man. I'm raising sons. I, I feel like I witnessed stuff pretty you know, firsthand, but I don't want to speak for the male experience. But it, that what you're saying is, I, I think, what I'm observing. I have to say the other night, a couple of Fridays ago, we went bowling at Diversity Rock and Bowl. And, and the lane next to us was, um, well, they had rented two lanes. And it was a group of guys and then, I think, their dads. It looked like a bunch of dads had brought their sons bowling. And the, and the kids, like a couple had high school sweatshirts on. They were high schoolers. They were having the best time. Like, the 
boys were being total goofs off, goof offs and like bringing the you know tall like bar stool onto the you know bowling <laughs> platform and like laying sideways and tossing the ball in there and like just being goofs and they were laughing so hard it was hard not to like laugh watching them they were just having a blast and they were so much fun and the dads were on the other side not really interacting with the sons but they were there and they were interacting with each other and I just was like okay I love everything I'm seeing right now and I said to Will who my son who's nine who's with us I said but I hope you have friendships like that in high school. They're so much fun. Like, look yeah. at those guys having so much fun together. And he was kind of like, okay, your turn. Like, he, I mean, it didn't, <laughs> didn't really sink in. But um, but I really do. I want that for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I love that idea. I love the idea of playing. One thing, you know, when, when I grew up, we boys played a lot. We played together. We would, you know, like, yeah. and it, and I think boys fundamentally in a non-judgmental way play differently than girls in a lot of ways. Um, and one thing um, Julie noticed when George was in high school and in college, actually, so he played water polo and um, which is, um, is, is my favorite sport that I'd never heard of before he got in the water. <laughs> <laughs> Knew nothing about it. Uh-huh. Um, but there's this moment when kids are jumping in the water in, in a pool where they're, they'll jump like in, in some goofy way or they'll jump next to a friend and try, like try to splash him, land on him. And they're like throwing a ball around for a minute before anything gets serious. They're playing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even at like 20, my son was playing in the pool and I'm thinking, like, boy, when I was 20, did I was I done playing? Yeah. I think I was done, you know, really playing. And every once in a while, um, I think guys have a moment where they're playing and playful. Too often, in my experience, in my observation, there's alcohol involved. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, I, I worry that a lot of guys, their good time in life is attached to that, is yeah. attached to the weekend and you know a little bit of a party and then it's back to you know salt mine kind of grind i think it, yeah. there's still some very old school uh, vibe playing out in in men the way they look at their lives and the way they look at their relationships yeah, yeah. interesting gosh i hope well it, i mean it, it gives me hope though to hear you talk about you know clients who play lacrosse and then get dropped off by their yeah. pals and you know the guys certainly the guys we were bowling next to seemed like physically very comfortable right. hugging and chest bumping and touching and not being like dude you know um i mean and they were clearly just kind of um adored each other yeah well i think that's that that might be the piece that's missing that is the gateway is um, that letting letting you know you adore each other, right? Yeah. Being willing to say, yeah. you know, um, give me a hug, man. I love you, you know, um, without discomfort or irony. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I, I think women do that so easily and so readily, and I admire that and I envy that. And there's no reason that we guys can't do that. And yeah. I think we can all recognize there's no show of weakness or anything in that. You know, that's just being honest with people you care about, you know, and most of us have friends that we care about and that we want to connect with and to withhold in the name of some old definition of what masculinity means. You know what I mean? Like this, um, I bristle at the phrase toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. Um, and yet 
I, I think it's a real thing. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I think it can get bastardized these days because because <laughs> some masculinity is wildly toxic, you yeah. know. And uh, but I think we all carry some element of it that is toxic to us, to ourselves, right. you know, not, right. not necessarily to other people. Yeah, right. We tend to talk about it as this thing that's sort of infecting society, but you're yeah. right. It, do, it can take away from your own happiness and yeah. health and well-being yeah. and, and actual physical health. Right. Yeah. So, you know, if, if I had advice for guys, you know, right. So honestly, right now as we're talking, I can see this thread developing between my seven college friends, we were out of touch for 20 years. Yeah. And, you know, they're saying, like, um, hey, we got to get together soon. Um, you know, love you guys. So uh, maybe the tide is turning a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, and I might press these guys in the wake of this, like, let's really, let, let's, let's not, actually get together. Yes, let's yeah. actually do that, <laughs> not just say we're going to do that. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's a great point, and I'm. It's making me think I want to encourage, you know, the guys that I'm closest to in my life too. You know, my husband, my obviously my sons, my brother to <clears throat> think about, you know, carving out a little more space and priority for friendships because it really it does add so much to your life. I think it makes you better at all the other areas of your life too. Not better, like you're not very good at this, but like it's just a richer way of going through life yeah and i'm not sure you're not right that it doesn't make us better you mm-hmm. know what i mean like in, in, fundamentally better you know because I, th- I think if we're open um in a kind of a loving way to the people we love i think that does make us better in other times too you know yeah. what i mean like i think our eyes are a little more wide open when we're working when we're with our families you yeah. know what i mean like there's um there's a shift in the way you think about how you relate. Yeah. And um, and I think that there's no reason to afford ourselves that. And if there's no other reason, you know, like we die way younger. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I think right. about this all the time. You know, like, yeah. like I, I so admire the fact that like women get this average of like seven or eight years more on the planet to yeah. do interesting things. We may as well stick around longer. And I think this is part of the formula for that. Well, I think that's a good thing, maybe f- a good challenge for those of us who are married to men, raising men, you know, working with men to, I guess, mostly married to men to not think of, you know, if, if your husband comes home and says like, I want to go out Thursday night with friends to not think of it as like, okay, so I guess I'm on my own that night with the kids or, okay, so I guess you're still not changing the, you know, thing that broke in the living room last week on Thursday to not think of it as what's being taken away from the family but to think of it as like awesome like that's so good for him and in turn is so good for us and is just good let's just think of it as good i love that yep and i and i think fundamentally it is yeah Yeah. and then we get and then we can get back to like playing a little bit too you know like i think there's something about that that um is fundamental and keeps us youthful and vigorous and um yeah, that I, 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 I don't want to miss that piece because that there's there's something so striking about that. You yeah. know, like when I get together with um, this friend of mine in New York, he and I laugh until we can't breathe yeah. for hours. And I miss that when a month goes by and we don't have it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Okay, so your challenge is to take that happy birthday text string and turn I it into know. like a... <laughs> Thanks a lot, goon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you in a couple weeks, when you Yes, your I happy know. Birthday, I realize friends. that, Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> we have proof. We have listeners. All right, we probably are... Uh, We're way past time. Our... Oh, geez. We've used up way too much of your time. So um, thanks for listening. Uh, if you guys have topics that you want to hear us tackle, email us. Uh, you can reach me at hstevens at Chicago. Chicagotribune.com. And I'm John G. Duffy at drjohnduffy.com. And uh, we'll be back, you know, in a week. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks so much, guys.